baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, the cold weather and the snow is no problem for the Buffalo Bills. They're up 21 to nothing in their wild card game that was rescheduled. The governor of New York, in fact, stepping up to reschedule that. No such action being taken in Iowa, where the coldest caucus in Iowa history is about to get underway. Caroline Cummings from WCCO-TV, the chief political reporter over at Channel 4, was a reporter in Iowa before she came up here. Uh, to Minneapolis, and she joins us back in her old stomping grounds in the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Hey, Caroline, it's good to talk to you. Hey, Jason, good to be here. I'm coming to you from uh, a quiet place off of the media center where uh, there's like over a thousand reporters uh, from across the world who are here to to cover this uh, thing as Iowa kicks it all off uh, here with its caucuses. This is a very strange caucus compared to 2020. We didn't quite know what was going to, you know, what was going to happen when Democrats decided that they were not going to uh, get started in Iowa. Uh, Tell us kind of what is the vibe down there when you've got really all of the focus on Republicans. Right. So it is a different caucus from 2020. That cycle was, like you said, a Democrat year. Um, This was before, of course, uh, the caucus results meltdown, and that helped fuel uh, the fire uh, for the DNC to basically boot Iowa's first in the nation status on the Democrat side of things. But one of the things that I've noticed that is really different is just that it was it was kind of anybody's game at that point. Uh, Nobody knew who was going to come on top of the 2020 caucuses, Uh, of course, with the results being what they were. I know the Associated Press formally didn't even call it, but it was neck and neck until the end. Here, it's like the race for second place because Trump's presence looms so large. It has uh, stayed that way much of this race. The polls have moved slightly, but really only for those candidates who are uh, taking on Trump for the Republican nomination. Um, But Trump has really steadily held a double-digit lead. So what I'm looking for tonight is, you know, um, a a good chance that he wins. um, And the question is, by how much? Um, And uh, maybe the weather is the surprise, because that's kind of the conventional wisdom, right, is that Iowa always has a little element of surprise with its caucus. But so far, it hasn't been all that surprising, really, which has been interesting to watch. Caroline Cummings is with us from WCCO-TV. She is in Des Moines where the temperature is zero degrees right now. Uh, will that affect caucus turnout? You, you never know. You never know. And you never know if the polls on caucus, uh, you know, will line up to the reality. So that's, that's certainly, right. certainly something you've seen in the past. Polls are, you know, everyone loves to villainize the polls right now. Uh, although they've been fairly consistent with, you know, Trump with just an enormous, enormous lead. Yeah. Yeah. And Trump is 
this is important to keep in mind for, for Iowa Republicans who are the ones who are showing up to caucus. One, context is everything here. Uh, not every Iowa Republican caucuses to begin with. In 2016, about a third of registered Republicans participated in the caucus. So if we're talking about this extraordinary weather factor, will that depress the turnout uh, even further? That's that's the question. But um, this is a state that voted twice for uh, President Barack Obama and then swung so hard in the other direction for Trump. And ever since he won in 2016 um, in the general election, because, of course, uh, Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucuses, um, his support has only grown. Republicans' power in this state has grown. So this really is, um, you know, a place where Republicans truly align with uh, President Trump, um, for the most part, in, in, in larger numbers than, say, New Hampshire, uh, which has its primary. And that's looking to be a closer race between the, you know, subsequent uh candidates there, the other candidates. Now, Caroline, you uh, covered the 2020 Iowa caucuses. I covered the yes. 2000 Iowa caucuses. I was trying to think, like, how You're old... You're really dating yourself here. Well, I was trying to think, like, how how old was Caroline in 2000? Oh, I, was, I was five years old in 2000. <laughs> five, five whole years old on Earth, yes. I didn't know what a caucus was. So yeah. It was just Hanging out with some Barbie dolls, I think, at that era. Al, Al Gore and Bill Bradley and George W. Bush, and none of that uh, meant a dang thing to you in uh, 2000 when I was down there covering that. <laughs> but it is, you know, one thing that used to be true, and I'm curious for your perspective, is you used to have candidates going all over Iowa. They, I worked at KWQC in Davenport, Iowa. We would have a year before the caucus, you'd have like cabinet secretaries and U.S. senators alone coming to our front door and they would send the the youngest, dumbest reporter out to politely tell them that we're not doing a story on them yet. Uh, but the candidates used to really focus on Iowa issues. They would talk about agriculture. They would talk about farming. And my sense is that as the caucus, as the rest of the country has become more focused on national issues, the economy, immigration, uh, those those issues, you know, culture war, all of these national issues. Is the same true in Iowa? Is this more about the same issues that are playing out around the country? I think so. Uh, you know, that that is a really good insight there, Jason, because the, the campaigns have increasingly become nationalized. Uh, I know some some polling here in Iowa, not to, to go back to the polls, but they are giving a good glimpse of kind of where people are at. And then also that's kind of colored by interviews you have with voters here, like illegal immigration and, and the, the, the by, uh, you know, border crisis is a, is a big issue for voters here in Iowa. Obviously, Iowa is not a border state. The economy, like you said, also a big issue. Um, but there is still the kind of conventional Iowa way where Ron DeSantis is a perfect example of somebody who's really leaning into the traditional way of retail politicking in the state. He's done what's called a full Grassley. That is um, a nod to uh, U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, who every year visits every single one of Iowa's 99 counties. And uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has done so. Uh, and he is really focusing on his ground game here. So it will be remain to be seen if that pays off for him. Uh, but you are correct that the kind of 
retail politicking ground game, um, you know, for somebody like President Trump, who is such a, a known figure, who has such a presence, it hasn't um, been as as needed for somebody right. like him, who has such name ID um, and such support here in Iowa. That's not to say that he hasn't been here. He certainly has. Uh, but, you know, the, the I think it's only DeSantis who has done the the full Grassley, which used to be kind of the rite of passage to to find success in Iowa, to, to go visit every corner of the state and shake the hands and and take the photos and go to the you know small venues and the small coffee shops, mom and pop places to really just have that FaceTime with with Iowans. All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Caroline Cummings from WCCO-TV with us. I suppose the biggest thing, Caroline, is that this is, you know, for nerds like us, we've been paying attention to the politics and the presidential race since it started. For a lot of people, tonight might be sort of your first check-in to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you are exactly right. Uh, I think it's easy for uh, the press, especially the political press or those who are really uh, super passionate about this, which I certainly am since I've chosen right, of course, as yes. a career uh, that I've been following it, you know, very closely, even not being here anymore, uh, you know, keeping tabs on the campaign reporters who have been embedded here. But you are correct that I think we need to have some kind of, you know, head check on where does the average American stand? And they really might be just tuning in for the first time uh, to know, you know, what is a caucus? Why, why does Iowa go first? Those sorts of things and really starting to pay attention now. And there's probably still Let's be real. Plenty of people who aren't paying attention yeah, yet. Sure. They might not until until uh, the the primary gets to them for the for the presidential uh, primary, or even when it gets close to like a general election matchup. So um, I definitely think people are tuning in for the first time tonight if they're tuning in at all. Favorite moment for you from your days as a young cub reporter in Iowa covering the caucus last time around. Gosh, there's so many, um, but I think one that sticks out to me that really just kind of captures the, you know, like the stereotypical Iowa moment is, well, I guess I have two, but this is the first one, is I went to a Pete Buttigieg event. This was in the summer before the caucuses, so summer 2019, and there was a woman who got up and said uh, before her question, you know, this is my like fourth time seeing you and you, you know, you just keep getting better. And I just thought like (laughs) it's it's something that still resonated with me because, you know, it, it, Iowans, if you're really engaged in this process and you, and you really care about it and, and Iowans tend to, to wear, you know, the first in the nation status as a badge of honor, that they will go to multiple events. I mean, they will have that kind of access. And so to, to, to witness that was really special um, also, uh, I interviewed uh, then candidate Joe Biden um, solo one time. Normally, I did have 
the assist of a, a photojournalist, but it was my first TV market job. And I was just like, well, I'm not going to, if nobody's available, I'm going to do it myself. And um, it was in like a cafeteria at Simpson College. And I'm like interviewing a former vice president who wants to be president. And I had interviewed him previously at that, at that point. I'd actually interviewed him three times. Um, and I'd interviewed like every one of the major candidates. So for me, just being able to be on the front lines, like first draft of history as somebody who was 24 at the time, never in my wildest dreams yeah. did I ever think yeah. I would get to do that. So I was grateful uh, beyond measure. And I still am for all of my time in Iowa. Hey, I met my uh, fiance in Iowa. That's so right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yes. That's really yes. good. Very good. I got, I, I was telling you this earlier today in 2000, when I was down there, the candidates often will only do local news interviews. They won't interview with the NBC reporters or whatever. That may that has changed a bit today, but back then that it was pretty common that they would only do interviews with the, the Iowa right. reporters. They they still they still uh, played a or they still paid serious mind to the local reporters. I mean, I was that local reporter, yeah, and I no. did get to interview all of them and. And, um, you know, I, I think that that is a, a, a cool place to be when Great you're, fun. you know, a yeah. young and hungry, scrappy reporter to, to get that sort of access because, um, you know, that access is mirrors what these Iowans get and being right. able to have that FaceTime right. with their candidates. Um, but you are correct that there are, you know, it's not not reserved only for local. <laughs> exactly. Press, but yeah. they do they do still see the value in Good. in, you know, talking to the local reporters. Caroline, we'll be watching tonight at uh, 10. You you get bumped by this uh, playoff football game in the afternoon right now, but, you know, buff, Buffalo. Yes, I will be live at 10 on WCCO from, from Des Moines with an update on where things stand. Hopefully we'll have uh, results by then. You know, of course, last time with the, the Democratic side of things, we didn't have results <laughs> yeah. for days. Yes. So I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for turning a new leaf this go-around. Very good. Thanks, Caroline. Appreciate it. 450, I'll tell you what question I had to ask a former vice president when I was a cub reporter in Iowa in just a minute here on CCO. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.